Luke 1, verses 46 through 52. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will be called blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Christmas and all through the church. Every Christian was wondering what the preacher would preach first. Would he speak of candy canes, Christmas wreaths, and reindeer, and somehow tie it into truths we all hold near? Perhaps he would speak of showing love to one another, especially to God, but also our brothers. 
Of course it is fitting to hear of Jesus' birth, and through his death he showed us each how much we are worth. So let's all listen now to God's holy word and pay close attention so we can tell others what we've heard. Psalm 23, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This psalm is, for good reason, one of the favorite among many, many Christians, because it reminds us about how the Lord is our shepherd, but it also reminds us just how important the Lord is to everything that we do, and how much, really, how important we are to the Lord, how much he cares for us, how much he takes care of us, in the good times and even in the difficult times, in the darkest of times, our Lord is there like a shepherd. He's mending our brokenness. He's helping us find our way. He's always guiding us. The Lord is our good shepherd. And shepherds are a very interesting uh, group of people to follow in the scriptures because quite a few of the, the very famous people that we read about in the Bible were shepherds. I mean, even this psalm was written by a shepherd himself. And I want us to now to turn to the page of the New Testament to a few shepherds that we really don't know a whole lot about, but they got some of the best news around. Ultimately, it is the good news, the gospel message. And this for this video, I want us to look at Luke chapter 2, and I want us to see the shepherd's gospel and learn something, the same types of things that those shepherds learned on the night whenever Jesus was born. Before we do that, I want us to make sure that we, we focus on listening. I, I like this little cartoon right here on the screen because it says in John chapter 10, verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them and they follow me. And that's of course Jesus talking about us as sheep. And in this cartoon, you see this, this sheep that's sitting there and he says, I wonder why I don't hear from the shepherd anymore. You see the shepherd in the background, he's yelling, but what about the sheep? The sheep, he's distracted. He's reading something that's not the Bible. He's got all types of things, listening, all types of noise and distractions. And there's nothing wrong with anything here that's you know on the screen, of course. I mean, after all, you are using some type of an electronic device in order to listen to this message. So they can be used to bring God glory. But sadly, they can also distract us many times. So let's make sure that we listen. Let's listen to this gospel message. The same message that the shepherds were given. Let's take a look at it from Luke chapter 2 now. In Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, going through verse 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. 
While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So far, a very familiar story, and we see this is how Jesus came into the world, that he was born in these types of, of situation. He was born in the city of David, that same shepherd that we just read Psalm 23 from. The shepherd that was promised someone from his line was going to rise up and do something great, was going to deliver the people. And this is exactly why Jesus was born, to deliver Israel, more than just Israel, to deliver the whole world from sin and from the grips that sin had up to this point. Now let's keep reading. There's more to this gospel, though. Verses 8 through 14. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the, lo the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and laying, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. This is the message that the shepherds were given. These shepherds that were out in the fields, they were keeping watch over the flocks, they were doing their job at that night. And that night, little did they know, that the heavens were going to open up and they were going to see, for starters, one angel who's telling them this great news. But then there's a whole company of angels. Could you imagine what that would have looked like to see all of this heavenly host appear before you? They're all praising God and they're all saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. I love this message. It reminds us this, that this message is not one that just reaches here on this earth. It most certainly does. But we also see glory to God in the highest heaven. It's glory to God in the heavens. It's glory to God on the earth. Glory to God everywhere throughout all of the universe. This is the message that this heavenly host is proclaiming to these shepherds. These shepherds that are doing their job on this night. Little did they know this night was going to be so different than all the others. Because Jesus was going to be born in the town of David. Such wonderful news. And now let's see how the, the shepherds respond to it. Verses 15 through 20. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the message. This is the way that the, the shepherds respond to this gospel message is they hear this message, they hear great news, and they say, well, let's go find out. Let's go find out and confirm what the Lord has told us. And they find it exactly as God had said. That's because we know that whenever God says something, it will be so. And we see that here. And we, we notice that, that here in verse 20, I, I love how it says that, 
You know, they're returning, they're glorifying, they're praising God, all of these things for what they had heard, what they had seen, which were just as they had been told. But what were they told? Remember what they were told, and I want us to focus on this message right here, the gospel message that the shepherds were told that evening. We've already looked at it, we've already read it. It's actually verses 10 through 12. This is mainly what it is. Now, of course, the whole company of angels comes back and the whole heavenly host, they proclaim glory to God in the highest heavens and, and, and those things. But notice what is stated to the, uh, the, the shepherds again. This is at the heart of what this gospel message is, what this good news is. Verses 10 through 12. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Now, this is probably not the good news that they were necessarily expecting. They weren't necessarily expecting the Messiah just to be a baby and to come to him as he was a baby, but that's exactly the state that he was in at that moment. That's how they found him. We also see in verse 11, if you want to get even kind of more technical, it's not just verses 10 through 12. Let's zero in on verse 11. And I put here on the screen uh, these three words in bold and underlined because this is at the heart of this gospel message given to the shepherds. They're told today in the town of, of David, a savior has been born to you. Well, what, what good is that? Think about that. Because these shepherds are familiar with, with the town of David. They're familiar with Bethlehem. They're familiar with all of these things going on right here. But we see that it's a savior. And when you look at what the word savior means and what it is, it's always connected to deliverance. Because there was going to be someone who was promised to come from the line of David who was going to be a savior, going to be a deliverer. And that was, was being fulfilled right in their midst. That was extremely good news. Something was going to happen to this problem of sin during their day. They were going to be delivered from it. Jesus is our Savior, just as he was their Savior as well. But also even more than just being a Savior, it says that he is the Messiah. Once again, I kind of already have talked a little bit about this, but from the line of David, there was going to be a king who was going to rise up. He's going to be this anointed one, which is what Messiah means, by the way. Or uh, you and I might be a little bit more familiar with the term Christ. It's the same word as Messiah. It means the one who is the anointed one. It is Jesus. Jesus is the king. He's not just any king. He is the king of kings. That king for the line of David who was promised that was going to do great things. And those promises were being fulfilled right there today as what was stated by the angel in verse 11. So Jesus is the Savior. He is the Messiah and he is the Lord. Now, the great thing about the word Lord and what I like to remind Christians about is there's kind of two different ways that that word can be taken. In one way, it's one that we oftentimes focus on, and it means master. Jesus is most certainly our master. But even more than that, the word Lord is also used as the, the, uh, the proper name of God in the Old Testament. I believe what we see right here is a statement being made that Jesus is both our master and he is the God that we read about in the Bible, that he became flesh. He dwelt among us. He was born among us in Jesus Christ. Jesus is, and he was, and he always will be, our Savior, our Messiah, our Lord. And at this time, around Christmas time, I want to share with you something kind of uh, pretty interesting that I, that I found. And it's about something that you perhaps even have in your home right now. And that is something so simple as a candy cane. Now, 
Um, I've actually been told this by several different people about uh, a candy cane, but I wanted to search it out for myself. And I found this on a candy website, and I'll try to put a link um, in the video description below to where you can kind of find this and, and read about this yourself, But because uh, I don't think you can really see this on the screen, but this is a, uh, a screenshot of going to uh, the webpage. I also have it right here before me, and uh, I'm going to read you just a little bit about candy canes from the Spangler Candy uh, website. It says that you can learn about the history and the legends of the candy cane. Now, th there's several things. There's a, a few different paragraphs right here, but I want to focus on especially two, the, the last two paragraphs of this, because I want you to hear something quite fascinating about candy canes. It says, and I, I'm quoting it, I'm, I'm reading it. In Indiana, a candy maker wanted to make a candy that could be a reminder of Jesus Christ. So he made the Christmas candy cane. He started off with a stick of pure white hard candy. The white color symbolized the virgin birth and the sinless nature of Jesus. And the hard candy symbolized the solid rock, which was the foundation of the church, the firmness of the promises of God. The candy maker made the candy in the form of a J, which represented the name of Jesus and the staff of the good shepherds. He then stained it with three stripes, which showed the, the scourging Jesus received and symbolized the blood shed by Christ on the cross. When you break the cane, it reminds us that Jesus' body was broken for us. Isn't that pretty interesting? You know, a lot of candy canes are, are sold. It's, it's one of the, uh, the, the top uh, little candies that are being sold around Christmas time. And I hope that we can, we can be reminded of these things. Remember the shepherd's gospel, how it consisted of three statements of Jesus, that he is our savior, he is our Messiah, and he is our Lord. So as you look at the candy cane, let the red color be a reminder that it's by the blood of Jesus that he saves us, that he, that he cleanses us from our sin. Also, you can allow the fact that most peppermints and most candy canes are a hard uh, candy let that hard candy be a reminder of the firmness of the promises of God, that promised Messiah that they were awaiting. The, the whole nation of Israel was awaiting this Messiah for hundreds of years, really even you know more than a thousand years. They were waiting for the Messiah to come. And when Jesus came, he was and he is that Messiah. And also remember that Jesus is our Lord. Let the white remind us that just like the, the purity of God, that white can remind us of the purity of Jesus. So perhaps this Christmas season, whenever you uh, see a candy cane, let it be a reminder of Jesus. And also let it be a reminder of the shepherd's staff and the shepherd's gospel right here. And let's remember this shepherd's gospel, that Jesus is our savior, he is our Messiah, and he is our Lord. Perhaps there's someone that you can share this gospel message with today. To him.